Welcome to the Movie Vault. This is Ben. And I'm Zach. And today we are going back to the start of what has made movies and cinema so successful even into the modern day, the summer blockbuster. Mm. Without this movie, how many times have we said this? <laughs> Without this movie, no no movies would exist. In the specific realm. In of the specific realm of uh, summer blockbusters. Hmm. Well, that's what people say about this movie, at least. Well, we are on a roll in the last movie, the f- last few movies that we've reviewed. You know, Space Odyssey, the A Man with No Name trilogy, Seven Samurai. Yeah. So I feel like those have all been groundbreaking, tri- you know, films. So why not continue that streak? Right. And then right. we'll really blow up, blow that streak in the next film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna yeah review a film that probably has influenced some things but not in ways that people would notice at all yeah. uh, unlike jaws where they would definitely notice the emoji movie yeah so jaws i mean it has a very simple plot there's a, a police chief named martin brody he and his family have moved to the town of amity that sounds right amity island or something like that yeah amity island um to uh you know i guess retire from the brutal life of being an nypd officer and then, uh, unfortunately for him, it's actually more complicated because a shark attacks. Hold killed. on. I, I can't imagine being a police officer in New York. Like, yeah. it, I feel like it's like trying to use a broom on mud. You know what I mean? Like, it's... There's uh, 8 million people in the proper city of New York, I believe. Maybe wow. more. Wow. And, and you are... There's pol- police for all of those, for yeah. the five boroughs and everything. Yeah, it would be pretty crazy. It's it's just like yeah, and everyone's like packed in like a sardine. How, this listen, I'm uneducated, but how much difference can they make? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I don't I'm know. sorry. Continue your jobs. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, they they essentially, but the town doesn't really want to believe that this shark exists because uh, they want to believe it was an accident or something, and this girl died that way. But then literally there there's the scene where, which is probably one of the more brutal scenes for this in any movie because uh, this young kid gets eaten by a shark like in front of everyone that was that was a pretty crazy scene Mm -hmm. um and then but they still don't want to shut the town down the mayor doesn't want to shut the town down um because their whole town is relying on tourism so they go back and forth and eventually uh this uh marine biologist comes in he's something or he's some scientist guy and him and this local fisherman and Brody go out on a boating trip to catch the shark, and they use all of this technology. And eventually, it's us or it's them versus the shark. Um, Hooper, who is the marine biologist, goes into a shark-proof cage that doesn't really work. Um, and eventually, it's it's it comes down to being Brody uh, versus the shark, and Brody um, shoots the a pressurized tank with a rifle after the shark had swallowed the tank and uh blows up the shark so mm. that is how the movie essentially ends Oddly uh, enough, with brody still surviving despite his accident and then quint who's the fisherman he got eaten up by the shark which i thought was kind of interesting this is another tangent so the roy scheider is the actor for uh the main character and he he actually starred in nypd as paul jason in one episode in 1968 wow everything comes full circle i needed to say that 
So I wondered if that carried into this. So there, there's a show called NYPD? I guess so. Or I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that's a it's a pretty straightforward plot. I think the what is the what is the worldwide world think of this film when they when the, when the picture of Jaws? I mean, that movie poster first of all is legendary. Yeah, it's of one the of woman the most... swimming above that shark as it comes yeah. straight up, and the shark isn't actually that to scale. You know, that's like a little exaggerated. Uh, that's more like the Meg. Yeah, <laughs> which is definitely that's a play off of this. Yeah, yeah. But Robert Shaw, so it stars Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, and uh, Richard Dreyfus. I forget how to say that. But they are all not really f- famous actors in any of the in any of these roles. Um, nor are they amazing actors, in my opinion. But they're they're good in this in this context. So that when people see this movie poster, the point I was trying to make is that a ton of things come to mind. That's why branding is a perfect. It's it's what it's what's needed in this capitalistic society is all this uh, specific branding. So Jaws, when you say that, people don't think of the human anatomical term, right? People think of the film. People think of Steven Spielberg. People think of da 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 whatever. Yep. So why? How did it get to that point? How do you think it did? I think there just hadn't been anything like this before, and. The, the way that they were de- able to utilize suspense really carried the movie. The fear that they, like, like uh, sh- being afraid of sharks is a very, like, natural thing that people think about because it's somewhat, whenever someone gets attacked by a shark, it gets on the news because it doesn't happen all that often. Sharks, I think, tend to be further away from the shore. So it's yes. like, if they come, and then especially if they t- attack someone, it's like, it's a big deal and so this is kind of like everyone's greatest fear in a movie and then they they really like uh, spielberg really just like milks the drama throughout the whole thing so that it leads to this dramatic finale mm-hmm. and i think that and and like uh, it was a big hit so people remembered it and I, even the stuff like you said like the poster just like cementing itself in pop culture i think all of those things coming together. I think this was Spielberg's breakout film too. Hmm. Like, so there's that. There's a lot of things coming together at one time. Because um, he had done Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which is a somewhat popular, known movie, but not as nearly as big as Jaws. And I have to imagine that film became more popular after. It came after, out. yeah, probably. So, yeah, that is a good thought. And I, to go back to what you said, the poster. There was only movies only had one poster back then and it was what defined their film i think of the movie alien with the egg yep or you know space odyssey with that poster that's yeah awesome and i think of all of or those Clockwork films, orange yeah that you can just know exactly you get so many things that come to your brain when you see that image now we have so many movie posters just for one movie and it's like I, the first thing I think of is Solo, who had it was one of the first films where each character gets their own poster, oh my. right? So you have these useless photos of people, on a, and they 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 chose no context into the story, nor is it detailed, nor is it even put much thought into. So that kind of dilutes what is important in branding and uh, making your film. Uh, not that that's the most important thing of the film, but if you want to be iconic then don't make movie posters for each of your characters. So that's just kind of a tangent. The best part about this film, I think, 
is probably the soundtrack and the visuals. I think there are some great yeah. visuals in here. For a PG movie back then, it was pretty bloody and great. Yeah. I think it was pretty bloody great. <laughs> yeah, and for what they had, the technology, I think that's kind of what... I'd heard people kind of... Maybe there were people who were my age or when I was younger who would like make fun of this movie because of the animatronic shark and stuff. But like, if you really watch the movie and like observe it's like for the time it's pretty good like there's a reason they didn't show the shark that much and that's because you know they were limited by technology but now that we have the technology you know all these sharks movies are not that good so it's like the limitation it's so so much if anything you learn anything from the movie vault and you're interested in making film limiting yourself or being limited by something is not always a bad thing we see that time and time again and this is true of this movie Hmm. Yeah, and this is based off of a book, so it's a book by Peter. Who is it? Uh, Peter Brant Branchley Branch Benchley. <laughs> Peter Benchley. Yeah, and he also wrote the screenplay okay. with Carl Gottlieb. Gottlieb. Something okay. Like that. Yeah, and it was produced at Universal Pictures, um, independent of the novel. So, and it was also called Jaws. But he the, wrote he wrote it in 1974, so it's pretty close it was yeah and they purchased the film rights actually they he didn't write in 74 did they they purchased the film rights in 73 oh yeah before the book's publication wow so they were on this okay interesting so they wanted it to be based off a book so therefore they had to write a book huh i don't i don't know whether it's that or that they eventually was a known commodity and they were like he was talking about this and they were like well let's buy that before the book even comes out you know who knows how those things work i'm not i'm not into the writing or the literature world that that much so yeah i don't know if if eventually is let us know email us the movie vault pod at gmail.com right yeah but yeah so it was it made a lot of money over the years especially with i mean they show it every summer at all these theaters around well it's a fourth of july movie that's the thing i realized too it's like it's kind of like Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Yeah, it but this has Fourth of, of July. July in it. Yeah, so I mean, fairly enough, it it works. Same thing with Die Hard; it has Christmas in it. Right. But this film is kind of like I don't want to say like it's a cheap blockbuster. It is cheap, first of all, but it is, it isn't cheap in the quality. I think its quality stands up there with yeah. the, with the higher blockbusters. The sad part is, and we're always going to compare it to our time because we live now, and. All of the blockbusters that have come out this summer have pretty much failed tremendously. Yeah. I think of Indiana Jones in the, what is it? The Dial, Dial of Destiny. Destiny. I think of uh, Fast 10, right? And uh, I think of The Flash. All of these were supposed to be summer blockbuster movies that have failed and fallen flat and actually are box office failures. And even Elemental, I think of that as well. It's not really, I don't think of it as a blockbuster, but it came out in that summer blockbuster spot. So... With a couple movie films coming up that are definitely going to be big hits, whether they are good or bad, how does Jaws? How did Jaws? How can we see the influence of Jaws into that? Because this really was the first big summer blockbuster. I honestly think what Jaws influenced that what people would consider to actually be good was like into the '80s and '90s, and throughout the 2000s, as we've gotten further in, we saw first <laughs> maybe the death of the summer blockbuster that was influenced by jaws initially but then we saw the the rise of like a different genre superhero genre primarily taking over that summer blockbuster space but now there enough time has passed that even that is starting to falter and really i feel like we talk about this all the time but i think the way that 
uh, superhero movies were able to build huge universes made uh, studios go, well, let's try to do that with other things like Indiana Jones or like okay. whatever. And then the, the problem is like the great thing about Jaws was it was a unique idea that, you know, was low budget. Like this would never happen nowadays. Like there would oh, never yeah. be this movie that's not cost $9 million to make that all of a sudden just like makes $500 million. Like mm-hmm. I, I, the last time that happened was like paranormal activity and that was like to such a smaller scale because it was like a $500,000 movie that made 81 million or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it, maybe in our current time, we can't see the influence as much, but if you look at movie history, you can definitely see where Jaws has yeah. influenced mo- films. I think you're right about, it's hard to see now. It is because people have been failing like over and over and over. I'm going to name a few movies, actually a lot of movies that are direct influences from Jaws, and you'll know exactly what I mean when I say the names. And pause me if you want to talk about any of them, okay? So there's Alien. That's Ridley Scott. Yeah, that said one, He based it that right one's off of Jaws. definitely based on Jaws. There is The Fly. There's even Pan's Labyrinth. Anaconda, Monster Calls, Predator, Godzilla vs. Kong. That's more recent, but I think of King Kong and all of those as yeah. well. Uh, Jurassic okay. Park is a big one. Um, Cloverfield. Uh, oddly enough, it's some people say Gremlins, um, or <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. And then Alien, all the uh, sequels for that as well. But that's more based off of the original. So those are some of the films that have been influenced by that. And why? What I mean by that is there is a central beast that they are fighting that is kind of haunting or like, trying to attack these people. And these people often aren't, you know, I, the characters always get into these predicaments, whether by stupidity or by circumstance, or they have to save someone. And it's interesting to see that Jaws before before Jaws there really wasn't I can't think of like there probably is a film like this but what was Jaws Well I'm guessing that well, you mentioned like Godzilla and King Kong would have been the movies that okay. Jaws was based off of Okay in a sense but they were also older tended to be early on they were made by Japanese filmmakers so they wouldn't be as wouldn't have been as big in the US but Jaws took it to a I think a a different like I think Jaws was, in a weird way, more grounded in reality than, uh, than Godzilla and King Kong, right? Because you go, and you're like, you go, you know, you know that Godzilla and King Kong aren't real, but a shark is a great white shark is real. So Jaws like gets a grounding. I don't know whether it was directly influenced by either of them, like whether Spielberg would have said that he was influenced by King Kong, but the, those movies seem like worth the central figure. That's a you know that's yeah. a terrorizing a community and people who have to take it down yeah you know what else has what else influenced jaws what? from what i was reading were actually some books so um moby dick is okay. the main one that people draw and they say like quint who's the fisherman is he resembles captain ahab because he's like obsessed with killing the shark and he's like i can do it you know he's like a little bit braggadocious too and then uh, I guess somebody, the screenwriter also drew comparison. So Carl Gottlieb, the, the other screenwriter, said he was influenced by uh, The Old Man in the Sea, which is an Ernest Hemingway book. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and okay, yeah. So Spielberg cited Godzilla, King of Monsters, a movie that came out in 1956. So I was right about that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I think, just the idea of having a simple story like that really does work because you said it hadn't been done before with sharks you're right and i mean out of jaws came shark week 
the Meg, big popular yeah. shark, shark culture. There really is a shark culture out there. Yeah, it's weird. And to and people part people everyone participates in it, even if it's just for a little bit every a little time every year. Watching a uh, like a documentary about sharks, you know, all these things about sharks, people are fascinated with them. People always look up what are shark attack statistics, you know? You're more likely to be bitten by a shark than to get in a car, you know. I'm just saying, like, that's the what people say. And that's probably not true. I use car accident. I don't know. <laughs> You're definitely more likely to get in a car accident, yeah. 100%. But people people are fascinated. And, it, and I think Spielberg recognized this because, really, and this is going to get philosophical, in the deep, dark, unknown ocean, we are scared of those creatures that live down there because it's the fear of the unknown that haunts us. It's the wor- the ocean is probably one of the scariest. When we, it just came to our attention because of the, the Titanic submarine incident. Yeah. Was oh that, gosh. which has been talked about so much in the media but like that just brought back people's like we're we're like adventures want to conquer the ocean that's like because it's so big and vast and unknown and it is as we saw like the actual ocean itself not even the creatures in it is could crush you like it's a very powerful thing that we like we weren't designed to like go down to the deep trenches of the ocean unless we die yeah so another thing about this film that is also groundbreaking is it's one of the first big movies that was shot actually in the ocean what do you think added how do you think it added to the experience of the film i think the part where they're on the sea definitely i mean like because there probably been plenty of movies from the 50s and 60s that were like we're on a ship but we, everyone knows that it's like a studio or whatnot it just or even thinking back to like alfred hitchcock's the birds like how yeah. goofy it looks when they're like in the boat but it's like obviously not on a real boat and so you're thinking of a real sense like it makes it more real yeah it makes it more real what does it add to it i feel like i feel like my favorite personal part of this film was the ambiance nature of the, the yeah. environment yeah, that, you can that really you too. really feel immersed into what is happening in right. the film, and I think it's not even like I've I've seen films where you can get immersed in the deep deep underground or underwater uh, aura. This like immersed you into the sea level area. Yeah, like not only are you on the port, but I'm talking about when you're on the ocean, you get to see like how scary and far the ocean yeah. can go, and it's freaky. Every I mean, every that. direction you look, it's just water. I mean, that would be terrifying. Mm-hmm. And you're just on this little boat, and if a storm comes, you know. And I think it really does add to that when it's since it was shot in the ocean, it was shot in Martha's Vineyard, <laughs> which is funny. I mean, Stephen's like, if we're gonna live, we're gonna live in luxury, huh? We're yeah, work. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's uh, and Stephen specifically wanted to suggest the shark's presence over than actually showing the shark's presence because it is the fear of the unknown, um, and I'm gonna keep saying that because it is, and it's like almost ominous when he, what he's going for. He's going for this this ambiance like that's this unknown area that you're in that hasn't had a film really shot there before and there's this thing coming at you and you don't even get to see him until like the end of the film right so yeah john williams does a great job with the with the score just uh the impending doom it gets faster and faster and faster you think you're about to die and it really does correlate with your heartbeat because it's uh showing that uh, it's getting closer. It really like it's it's a it's a music like yeah. We associate that with something getting closer, and John Williams achieved that through music so, somehow, and it's amazing. Um, and it was uh just 
I heard I read a bunch about their marketing and it, apparently like they did a really good job marketing it. You just have to put sharks, pictures of sharks. That's it. Yeah, and it just well, and also probably I imagine they kind of uh, made the trailers and stuff. I I didn't do enough research into this, but so that you were just like scared but also intrigued. So it was oh. like you have to see this. Whereas like you know now we live in the age of like okay, I just saw two minutes of a recap of the whole movie. Now oh. I. Not sure I want to watch it, but whereas in Jaws, you know, I but, I would bet that they didn't do that. But Ben, I don't think you and I realize, I still don't realize, like, how big this movie got right when it was released. It was a blockbuster. They That's where the name came from. And it was the biggest movie. It was the highest grossing film that year of all time until Star Wars two right. years, a couple years later. Right. But, and and it because it was, like I said, $9 million budget. 456 million <laughs> in the theaters in 1975 so i mean adjust that to inflation and it's like crazy yeah i mean you know that's like the end game of their time R- truly yeah. truly it is i mean people probably went back and watched this two three times yeah actually end game only made eight times it's what it spent it spent like 250 mil right it might have spent more than that to get like two bill and this got much much more of a profit much this, more return on investment. And, that, and this is also like, if you think about the production companies, this is why they try to do films like Jaws to achieve that ratio. It's a cheap film that they can make pretty easily. They didn't even need to use big actors. What people are getting wrong now is putting Jason Statham in shark movies. They can do it pretty easily doing doing uh, this unknown good actors. And there are plenty of them out there. You, we don't need uh, The Rock and everything. Yeah. So it, it, it really did kind of propose this Hollywood model that has been followed throughout the ages and it's amazing i'm really glad that they did it because blockbusters are some of my favorite films yeah there are really good ones especially from this time period onward not only that really good ones it made the summer a magical time for movies yeah because there wasn't really these highs and lows throughout the year there wasn't like the structure of the year you know you have the oscar bait movies in the november time and like the in the fall and you have all these blockbusters in the summer they call them summer blockbusters and then in between you have you know the independent films that are trying to like get their voice out in between the bigger films so yeah and then in the winter you have a lot of the oscar bait as well but well they also have like christmas is a big time for movies so yeah, there's be some big sure. movies that come out in christmas too yeah you're definitely right and, and then halloween yeah they have all these themes those were already there i feel like yeah but like this high of summer blockbuster really did come about from this and i know we're not really talking about the movie itself it's because it's a simple film what yeah, this film just, brings to you is is a sense of is a sense of like happiness through i don't know it's funny it's through death we're just watching these people die this is one of like it, it's actually a horrific movie yeah. like if you really think about it like you you witness to uh, the especially the kid getting killed is just brutal it's I said, like oh man it's like like I was, like, I I almost couldn't believe they had it in the movie. I was like, because you just don't, kids don't die in movies like that very often. Yeah, and or maybe it just the movies I watch. No, but no, truly, I I thought the same thing. Like that, and it's, this is like because of like what we're saying about it being a summer blockbuster and everything. It's like definitely was a little bit shocking for that to be in there. So we should start a writing letter campaign to kill more kids <laughs> in movies. Apparently, that's what the necessary thing to do. Hollywood is. needs saved at the moment. Now I heard I heard um, that Mission Impossible was really good, the new one. Oh, the new one, and that's oh. a summer blockbuster as well. Yeah, I mean, but Mission Impossible has been on an upward trajectory. 
the movies have only gotten beginning. better. Yeah, from what I've heard, I know they have. I've only I think I've only watched the original one. I mean, but, that one's a classic. But yeah, you know, you're right. That's a, that's a that's kind of a rare one where it gets better with each sequel. Yeah, because they're just because it knows what it is, and I think they just keep trying to like make it more yeah. intense and better every single time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And one of the other interesting things that I'm reading about Jaws is that uh, when it came out, people tried to like find ideological meanings uh related to the watergate scandal which just <laughs> happened which i thought was really funny so this guy named stephen heath uh said the film uh, said that brody uh represents the white middle class and uh there's not a single black person and not a single uh or not a single woman so not a woman who's not married to a man or not in a relationship with a man in the film so then so that and then he restores public order with an ordinary guy hero heroism of both fear and decency okay i don't really understand how that relates to uh watergate all that much two things one there are only like one or two men that are not in relationship with women in this film to be fair yeah there are the women are really in the background in this i'm gonna be i'm gonna be honest and and i'm guessing amity like at this time there probably weren't a whole lot of minorities besides white people it's historically accurate i know you can't make you can't make cleopatra black i'm sorry like you got to be historically accurate can you like if you're doing a film about slavery you cannot make the master black and the slave white no absolutely not i'm just saying like what is the problem here just be accurate what's wrong with that okay anyway we're moving on and I, I, I just think, thought that was funny that because of the Watergate, like immediately it's like it's like Watergate. It's I like, wish that we would only theorize about our films being political. You know, we're at the point where they are, and it yeah. sucks. Adam McKay, I'm sorry, but you're, I, I have loved your films in the past, but where are you going? What direction are you heading? Do you want to end your? It's getting your career's gonna end soon. Yeah. Do you want the end of your career to be all about COVID nineteen and masks and? Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Now we're going to get learn more about COVID-19 above our episode <laughs> and and stuff like that, you know? I'm, anyway, yeah. let's move on. I'm going to get really mad. But, yeah, Jaws. <laughs> um, what would you say was is your favorite aspect of the film? I already said mine was the ambiance. The ambiance? Uh, that, that's a good one. I love, I think it's the suspense. I love the, the buildup. And I think the ending, it just culminates it all. I think they did a really good job. And that's like the ambiance adds to that and with the music. Yeah. But like the overall way that they are able to use suspense, it's very patient movie. Now I have a weird it's, question. When you look at the poster, do you get plot and do you get the characters? Do you get the ambiance or do you get the buildup? That's a good question. You get a little bit of the ambiance because of the girl is in the water. There's no sign of land anywhere. Mm-hmm. And there's just a shark underneath. So I can see the ambiance there. Exactly. You get nothing about the character. And I think that's how you got to market good movies. Create yeah. a good feel and use that to your advantage. Because people will remember things by feeling them. No, exactly. The My favorite movies are usually my favorites because of the Donnie way they make me feel. Exactly. Yeah. Donnie Darko feels like a freak show. And it's amazing. <laughs> it's like a dark, weird, time travel sadistic freak yeah. show. It's all the stuff in between the lines of the movie. Like, yeah. not... And it's people the most could get into that thing in the world, and people could make it about um, the like Christopher Nolan-y like uh, time travel thing mm-hmm. that's in the movie, but it's not really about that. It's about like it's the about ambiance and the feeling. And this and this movie is the same way. Yeah. It's about the ambiance. Yeah, and I, I I agree with you about that. And I think I think the Meg. 
I said that there's the second one's coming out, right? It's like, I saw the trailer for it. It's like there's a shark like fighting a dinosaur, and or, it's just crazy. Or there's like um, what are those ones like seventeen meters under, whatever? Yeah, the one with the girl in the cage. Yeah, that's a great. I actually really enjoyed that film. Uh, that brought suspense too. It did show the shark the entire film. So I think what what they're failing at these days is one, the beast is like what they're selling, and I think that's okay, but. Steven Spielberg sold the experience of this beast. This, the jaw, I don't mean, people say that Jaws is the shark. It's not. There's just the shark a shark. doesn't have a name. Yeah, it's just, it's, they just called it Jaws because that's the book. But it's, he's selling your fear. In the Meg, they aren't selling your fear. They're selling sharks and dinosaurs fighting each other. And in films like this, you know, I think of Alien, they're selling your fear again, but in a different way, in an extraterrestrial way. And that's so different because nobody nobody makes me scared anymore because they're like oh it's already been done they've already used fear you know people yeah. some people say that some don't and they're kind of just ruining it for me i'm thinking i'm just i haven't found another film like this these days that i've enjoyed and I'm, i mean these days as 1980 no 1990 and beyond 1990 and beyond yeah yeah Have i you, can't, do, can you think I of i can't any? really think of anything okay okay that's like this like the single creature now i will plot i will no. say an off brand of it the Qu- a quiet place that's similar it's it's kind of using your fear but it's like a, a different it's a different type of story yeah because it, you don't really see the creatures yeah that's true that's what i'm trying to say yeah so there are lots of films where you don't see the creatures but i'm saying non-horror movies where there's a beast central antagonist yeah it's kind of interesting to think about this movie is like a suspense movie but not a horror movie Mm-hmm. and it's like the tone of the movie is kind of what makes it like that mm-hmm. it's that because they make it a lot about the tension between the mayor and and like some people don't aren't don't seem like they're really afraid mm-hmm. and then some people do it and it the the fact that it's grounded a lot of times you know in a horror movie it's like this it's at night and it's this thing that nobody ever like that could nobody ever knew it was possible and it's like it's just you know it's a horror movie yeah or it's like michael myers walking and he's invincible and the police wouldn't even know about michael myers because he that's he slips under the radar yeah so that's really awesome by the way yeah yeah it is awesome but it's different than what this is yeah and i think this reminds me of what we just did a 2001 a space odyssey where it's not meant to be a horror movie but it really does become one of the greatest horror movies when you're just talking about the expanses of space and just saying, like, what is it actually? Obviously, the weird parts with all the visuals and psychedelic things aren't. Well, we're, we don't theorize them to be true. They could be. You never really know. But it space scares us. The ocean scares us, and that's what these movies are doing. They're not directly trying to scare us. They're just showing us what is real. Yeah, yeah. You they're know? just like this is the real. Yeah. The that's why I watch Investigation Discovery so much. It's because I, deep down, I'm afraid. <laughs> But I watch it to try to be brave and tell my friends, like, yeah, I watch this all the time. It's nothing to me, you know? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a psychopath. But it really does make it. There's something at our core that makes us afraid. No matter how many times we get it, we really can't be numb to it. We just come up with mechanisms to think about other things instead. Right. But, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and 2001 A Space Odyssey, which is so odd to me. It came out seven years before this. <laughs> how visually stunning that film is. But this is great, too. By the way, I loved when these random limbs would just float to the bottom of the ocean. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad that they're showing that. I wish they uh, showed a little bit more. But it was very violent, very bloody. And uh, the characters were great. We should probably get into some of the characters. Um, The three main ones are uh, Brody, which Brody's like we've kind of talked about him already, but 
he's the classic um he's the outsider so he because he just moved there so ever people know that like i think they respect that he's a police officer and stuff but they kind of like act like he doesn't know anything because he's not used to the town which might be a fair criticism but sometimes being an outsider is an advantage should we go into zach's moral corner <laughs> go ahead because i Jack's was moral corner there's a new new uh, segment we're doing i'm just thinking like uh officer brody really did know that there was a shark in there and said nothing no to, yeah to keep ethically, his job. ethically he failed but he's the hero you know and you could tell he was really there's a big internal struggle and he, do you think he believed what the mayor was saying no he didn't okay. that's the thing i he, think that's why ethically he did make the wrong but decision. he was a little bit calmed down after that conversation the mayor's like oh no it's fine we'll be all right we don't need to do it yeah and wasn't there a point where we will not shut down wasn't the there a point July? where they had f- caught like caught a tiger shark and then yeah. they opened the beaches back up yeah and so that was also like because uh, at that point um hooper who is again i don't exactly know he's in some research institute he was maybe alluding to that he didn't think the shark was big enough doesn't he work for like the government or something yeah he works for the government something or another i love it that he's just like this reminds me have you ever seen arrested development yeah that's right you know uh the youngest son um gosh what's his name the M- michael Sarris. no what am i saying oh my gosh how am i buster buster yeah. Yeah, yeah it reminds me of buster because he's so rich and they just send him off to like study study random things and just to get him out for the summers <laughs> it reminds me of that because they're so rich they don't care about and yeah because reminds- that's his story right he's like he was really rich and yeah. then he just did this because he's like obsessed with sharks yeah I, I just pictured his parents like sending him away because he's so annoying you love sharks we'll just send him to study them yeah i think like buster studied like archaeology like yeah from, like, some niche period but yeah and that he was actually a really good character he was kind of the voice of reason the entire mo- film um he was really the only voice of reason the entire film the wife was uh, just uh, crazy like she's like letting her kids play on the dock in the little boat when uh, after it happened i know we're not supposed to measure this by any set of morals but whatever that's where i go okay let's leave my corner <laughs> <laughs> yeah so then there's quint he's the captain ahab character and he's um he's maybe he understands the gravity of the situation but he kind of makes it about himself so ultimately i thought it was interesting that he's the one who dies at the end i was like is there some sort of significance to the fact that quint dies and then hooper and brody make it out obviously brody's supposed to be the hero hooper is like so likable it's like he'd be hard to kill so quint maybe it's just a practical thing like somebody has to die of these three they can't all make it back yeah in the town meeting when he said i'll kill it i was like yeah he's gonna die (laughs) (laughs) because he's just too he's too braggadocious and like Above the, Hold even on, let me just pause you. You've used the word braggadocious twice in this podcast so far. <laughs> come no, no, keep going. Let's see that. how many times you can use it, but it has to be natural, okay? Yeah, no, you're right though. It's uh he's kind of like a consultant. Yeah, it's like he knows how hard killing the shark is, but he's like he's so prideful, or I don't know. He so are, you tra- that- are you trying to say that it's his it's his morals that killed him? Yeah. Oh. Okay. No. Yeah. Like, he, is it kind of like the teenagers who, who no, go out and I mean, have this fun is, and play a little yeah, bit? Yeah. This and get is killed in the horror movie. This is sort of like a horror movie thing that okay. I'm like the writer, like intentionally or unintentionally, was like, this is the consequence of acting this way, even though in real life, like, 
you know, it doesn't maybe really have any consequence what he says there. He okay. could have just died and have been unrelated to anything that he had said. But because it's because this is a movie, you know, okay. you think about it. A but little the mayor, the mayor still lives. Yeah, yeah, but he also doesn't go out on the. But boat. hold on, you're saying like a mayor who is a mass murderer and Brody, who is also an accomplice in mass murder, is are the good guys and the morals of this Quint. Is the, this who, is the moral structure pride, of this. Who is prideful. <laughs> this is the moral structure of All this because, movie. Not, not the... All because he had some pride. Because <laughs> he, he, yeah, he bragged too much at the at the council meeting. Okay. It's an unforgivable sin. Okay. By the way, that, that woman did not cry enough for her son. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like in 2001 A Space Odyssey, Nobody Dave did not for cry that. for his friend. I'm just saying, like people that that should have sent everyone to like they should have had to bring a psychologist in. I'm pretty sure, literally, there were like fifty to a hundred people who witnessed the death of a ten-year-old child. Like, if that happened to me, it would I wouldn't just be able to go back to the beach. The beach would be a traumatic place to go. I don't know. I think you're mis. I think you're not. I think you're mistaking because we're Americans and it was the Fourth of July, and we put off all emotions until we see our fireworks. Okay, (laughs) that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, we just had the Fourth of July. So that's that's very true. Yeah, and we did. did you watch this on the Fourth of July weekend? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was around that time. Okay, I tried to. I yeah, I watched it around the Fourth of July weekend. And I was like, oh, we're gonna. But then you you left, so we can yeah. get it out before. I went to Boston, or the or the start of our nation's independence, quote unquote. And why well, should party? Say, hold on. Do you say quote and then the start of our nation's independence unquote, or do you say quote unquote after? I th- I don't know. It doesn't matter. If but, you say "quote unquote," it kind of covers everything. I think. Okay, I'll cover it. But I, I was there for the 250th anniversary. This is the year 250 years since uh, the uh, Tea Party, Boston Tea Party, and I was in Boston, and we went to go watch the fireworks, but they didn't shoot them high enough, so we couldn't see them behind any of the buildings. And there were thousands of people with us, and just diff- in all this field, and they were trying. Right when the fireworks went off, and by the way, the Canada didn't help because their fires were all over it too. So it's oh, just kind of like hazy. And- yeah, we're just kind of like okay, and everybody left, everyone. So you guys stay to hear the fireworks. No, I'm just like this is the 250th anniversary in the the capital of our independence. Yeah, I'm just wondering like why why they didn't put more effort into that. It's yeah. probably Ron DeSantis. It probably <laughs> <laughs> you can blame it on him. <laughs> But yeah. Anyway, I think what my I think to go off of your favorite part and my favorite part, what this film does correctly were those things. Plus, it had a direction that it took and a specific niche that it went. It didn't have to solve the world's problems. It didn't have to make a political statement. Films back then didn't have to. They were supposed to be entertaining. They How were about great. That? That's all we'll go about that. But the Fourth of July. What kind of Fourth of July movies would take a, would take a competing slot against this? I think of Top Gun. Top Gun? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I was, the only other 4th of July movie I could think of was Born on the 4th of July, which I watched like a month ago. And that's like not, it would be a terrible summer Our blockbuster. friend Ian is born on the 4th of July, right? Yeah. 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 And it, the movie is like such a sad movie about Tom Cruise going to Vietnam and like losing both his legs. It's like so sad. Interesting. It so would, it's not. Are we going to put like war movies in the 4th of July category? No, or? that's what I'm saying. It doesn't. That's the movie. Can we put I Saving of, Private Ryan? But and... that that doesn't fit into the 4th of July movie category, I don't feel okay. like. What about. Um, no, that doesn't work. I was Those are say... more like Memorial Day movies. Okay, correct. That's or Veterans Day. Veterans Day, yeah. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Or even uh, Fourth of July is about the nation's independence, not necessarily strictly about military. Now, when I think of modern day Fourth of July cinema, I actually don't think of cinema. I think of Stranger Things. What about Independence Day? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that one. That's a little off, though. It kind of takes you in a different direction than actual independence. Yeah, yeah. This would be. Yeah, but is the... it's it's not alluding to our independence, right? No, it's not. See, it's not. I'm just saying, like that's not. It's Independence Day, but it's not. It's, it's just like the title. We're indif- yeah, I does I forget? I, forget, I honestly ha- forget. Is it on? Does it happen on the Fourth of July? That I might not. Okay. I, there's some sort of quote in the movie. It's been a while since I've seen it. Where I think somebody goes, the president or something goes, "This is our Independence Day" or something like that, and that's uh, where they get the name. So yeah, it probably doesn't okay. have as much to do with the Fourth of July. But it's like the world. Yes, the world's independence. That's what I mean. And I think it maybe does happen on the 4th of July, so then it's like the whole world can celebrate 4th of July now. Okay. Which I'm like, is kind of, when you're thinking about, like, how did they come up with an idea for this movie? You're like, what? Like, they, they were like, let's make the whole world celebrate 4th of July. You're right, that is kind of wacky. But it is an, it is an awesome movie. Yeah, it is. It is. But it's fun. What do you, who do you think wins, Top Gun or Jaws, in the 4th of July battle? <sighs> is this, like, personal or, like... I think Jaws wins over the original Top Gun. Really? Yeah. In our modern day society. In the modern day, I think Top Gun wins now. I but think it does because of but Tom it's, Cruise. It's, yeah, but it's hard to say because it just, like, the new one just came out last year and it had such a big You're right. That impact. is kind of a confounding So it's variable. like, it'll be interesting to see over the next 15 years. There's nothing that will bring... What about uh, before, in 2021? I think Jaws. I think people didn't think about Top Gun as much. I actually think Top Gun. Really? I think Top Gun has left... Not. I don't think Top Gun has influenced uh, Hollywood as much. Jaws definitely did. It set that rod- the model. But Top Gun, people bought aviators and like... I don't know. People like drive Jeeps because of Top Gun, you know? <laughs> yeah, but like the thing with Top Gun is like I feel like before the new movie came out, it's kind of just like, oh yeah, there was this movie in the 80s called Top Gun. Like, I know that. I and it's disagree. not like, didn't seem I like think, that big of a deal. Listen, I know we had and my dad it, on Top Gun and I was raised by a Top Gun fan, but I'm saying people will be like, you can be my wingman. People will quote that film I mean, all the right. time. And, people and don't the only quotable line from Jaws that has been used in other films is, we're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, I mean, Jaws is definitely not the most quotable movie, if that's part of your criteria. And Danger Zone? I'm just saying, like, the yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that. And I know they're completely Gun. different movies in different areas of uh, cinema, but I think Top Gun would be would win in a vote if we had to vote. Oh, yeah, it would win in a if, vote. Instead of voting for the next president in our election, we voted for Jaws in Top Gun. I think people, first of all, I think 100%, we would have 100% voter <laughs> uh, contribution, <laughs> participation. <laughs> And I think we would have a uh, Top Gun win. Top Gun win. I Yeah, I, I think it would be that. close. I think it would be like 58 and 42. That's not really close, but That's pretty I see close. what you mean. That's pretty close. I think it is. I know 8% is like millions of people, but still, <laughs> in my mind, that's pretty close. That would be referred to as a landslide okay. if it was a presidential Fair vote. enough. Yeah, if it's president. But yeah, I, don't, I think those are the top two that would be in uh, the 4th of July. Because there really aren't like 4th of July... No, giant films that are Fourth of July. No, there are lots of really. Fourth of July films, um, but nothing that comes to mind. Stranger Things did a great season. I, people put season three at the bottom of their list. Okay, fine. I really liked season three. And that's I liked that's it. surrounded about the, around the Fourth of July with an evil mayor as well. 
So I love that, and it's kind of like a Jaws angle. Yeah. Because uh, there's the monster. I forget what I'm going to have to rewatch through that whole show before season five comes out because, like, there's so much I forget. And now, there's a, there are a lot of so storylines. There are a lot of storylines. So. Yeah. And they're adding new characters. They announced new characters in season Yay! five. Gosh. Gosh. It's really going to be the end this time, though, right? Yeah, it, it is. I love Stranger Things, but also, like, they need to end it because it it's on. A, it's doing well. I think it's. Yeah. I, think, I mean, I know we had our problems with season four. There were some sappy, stupid scenes. Yeah, and it stretched out a lot of the beginning, and they added too too many characters. It's too many too, there's too much filler now in Stranger Things. Like, I actually, I don't think it's cohesive enough anymore. I don't think it's cohesive enough as it was in season one. I don't think it's as much filler as you're saying. Maybe, maybe it's just my because again, it's like since I watched it so spaced out, I think it's. Hard I watched to appreci- it all together. You watch, watching it. That's what I'm saying. Watching it all together would make your appreciation of the smaller details a lot higher and would make them feel like less fillery. Okay, but, yeah. I mean, we could get nerdy about it. I'm just I mean, you can be braggadocious about your yeah, oh, yeah. lore of Stranger Things I could. knowledge. But. Yeah. But that I, that also reminds me of that, too, because like, I think of Vecna or uh, the Demogorgons. Those are also just kind of monsters that you don't really see until later seasons. They kind of hide in the shadows. Yeah. So, but... Oh man, I'm out of breath. But the, the uh, yeah, Jaws really knocked it out of the park, and we're really grateful to Steven Spielberg, my hero, really my yeah. hero. I've listened to so many podcasts where you're on and interviews of you. Really, if you're listening to this, which I know you never will, but if you somehow accidentally listen, I'm gonna be in the healthcare field when you're on your deathbed. I'm gonna have someone put on my podcast for you because I'm gonna be in charge of that hospital, and they're gonna listen. And you're he, Zach's moving to where I actually don't know where Steven Spielberg lives. Hollywood Hospital, the best hospital close to where Steven Spielberg was, yeah. lives. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be his personal doctor at home, <laughs> and I'm going to just make him listen to hours of us, Ben. And he's going to be like, "Oh yeah, I should have did that." Like, oh. <laughs> we really haven't offered him any suggestions as to what he should have done. No, I'm, just I'm just joking. No, we can't assume that we're smarter than yeah. him anyway. But it is crazy, Steven Spielberg. It could. There's a very real world where somebody could have made this movie and it had been like a one-off hit. But he, not only did he make the first summer blockbuster, he like made so many summer blockbusters that were so oh, successful yeah. and so good. His Wikipedia page takes forever to scroll through. Yeah, and and like I know like he's it's kind of changed over the years and like nowadays he's doing different things and like not all of them have worked out. But if you look at Steven Spielberg, like what he did, and and maybe it's like I don't like my fav- my very favorite movies tend not to be like as but don't tend to be like the magical whimsical movies that like Steven Spielberg makes but he still is so solid like Indiana Jones and what does he do uh, he immerses you into it yeah Indiana and, Jones yeah sorry uh, the first one it was Raiders. I think it was just called Raiders of the Lost, Lost Ark, Ark yep. it's so good one of the best action movies ever mm-hmm. and um, and I feel like I like he's made so many good movies that sometimes I forget that he made those or like Jurassic Park like some people are bigger on Jurassic Park than I am but it is an incredible movie and it's it does definitely he like used what you learned from Jaws and like used it in order to uh, make uh, Jurassic Park but what would be your favorite film by Steven Spielberg (sighs) there's Jaws Close Encounters Raiders E.T. I think Indiana I think classically I would I would say Raiders of the Lost Ark. That would be my okay. my favorite. Even above Hook. <laughs> <laughs> above Hook. Now the I think the first one that I think is like super underrated is Minority Report. I okay. love that movie with Tom Cruise. It's yeah. definitely not better than like some of his best, but it's still like Saving Private Ryan. 
I have not seen it. I haven't seen Schindler's List or Saving Private Ryan, which are two okay. big holes in my yeah, those are big watching ones. of... My favorite is either Schindler's List, but it's probably Catch Me If You Can. Catch Me If You Can I really, really like good. Tom Hanks and Leah. That one's really that. good. Yeah. So, and I know that's not like the clip critic, most critically acclaimed. It's probably not his best movie. He probably has better, a better film. I, I forgot, like E.T., like he, E.T. was huge. Mm-hmm. And I, I have not seen that movie, but it's like you kind of forget like he's made so many big movies it's so funny he like had already come out with indiana jones et and uh, jaws and close encounters and then he goes to tristar pictures this is the only one he does with them to do hook i'm just wondering like what happened there yeah he has some like interesting like he did tintin he did the bfg and like yeah tintin it's like i didn't even know he did ready player one until after like yeah, Ready Player One. They're so lately yeah, War Horse. If you yeah, I'm like what with Disney? He did War Horse. I'm like what? The Fableman's got really good reviews. Yeah, I, I will know. say no, no, no. I think actually, I just I just found it. I forgot that he directed Lincoln, and that's probably my favorite. Yeah, I Daniel Day Lewis really good. See, he, you forget you forget how many good movies he's done. And to be honest, it's because his movies are really all over the place. They are so all Their yeah. Themes are different. Know. There isn't a direct style. There's a big style that he has, but his style doesn't carry over into all of his films. I think that's maybe why you don't think of Spielberg as much when you're like, I love this director because other directors really, really like hone into one. Like I do this, and like for sure, like I think as a movie movie viewers, a lot of times we like, like I like to see how Tarantino does his thing, but like in different variations do you think he but i always know it's tarantino so i know what i'm getting into his range his range is good which i think makes him more talented than other probably because he can go do whatever and do be good at it the bad thing is he also has a few more flops than other directors that's true because that's the risk that comes with i would compare him more to scorsese because they both had really long careers okay they just made different choices as far as what they wanted to do with movies scorsese was more willing to have characters that were morally like gross i guess i don't know how like they're just grimier movies yeah like i don't think he's ever like i don't think spielberg's ever done a mob movie now spielberg did go into the like uh did like schindler's list and saving private ryan and did like some r-rated movies like he hadn't really done that before and those are very like serious movies i think he wanted to show like i can do like movies that are serious Mm mm-hmm but you're right uh, spielberg's a little bit more pc but he's more he stays and that's why he has so many blockbusters because the broad ranging appeal of his movies he's a safe director for big big production companies that want to want to put a movie out there i'm wondering is so is he working on a film after the fablemans i have no idea okay i have not seen the fablemans that's one of the only ones i haven't seen of his and the bridge of spies but I think what I'll do is I'll probably watch the Fablemans. If he's making another film, I'll be pretty. I'll, I'm always excited for a Steven Spielberg film. But I, here's here's what I was going to say before. I think whereas you have Wes Anderson and Scorsese, Wes Anderson's very stuck in his uh, yeah in his own absolutely. Uh, Scorsese is less. I'd say yeah. other directors like Quentin Tarantino, he can do his own. He can kind of have a large variation of his own thing, though. Like you always know it's him, but he yeah. does change. Wes what Anderson he does. cannot. No. He's very structured. He's got very specific things that he needs in his film, you know. And Scorsese, I'd say, is co- sort of like Quentin Tarantino, where although he can have wide range, Scorsese chooses not to. I yeah. think he chooses to go for that mob vibe in, in yeah. most of his films. And well, if you just look at the structure of a lot of his movies, they do tend to be like here. There's a hero that falls, or like there's like even if it's not about the mob, it's like you can see the structure of the yeah. story. 
Um, you can tell you can tell that there are acts in each of his films that correlate to the rest of his films. And Spielberg is very much not like this. And I think, look, I know Scorsese is more critically acclaimed films, but Spielberg does have a wider range. He really yeah. does. He can. I don't think Scorsese can make Jaws. No, Scorsese should, could not have made Jaws. He could not have made. <laughs> what does Scorsese Jaws film look like? Well, I don't think Scorsese could have made many of the films that Spielberg did. It'd be interesting whether Spielberg... I'm not sure Spielberg could have made Goodfellas. But, like, I feel like you could find a... Or he definitely couldn't have made Taxi Driver. But I feel like you could find a Scorsese movie that Spielberg could have made. That'd be an interesting thought experiment. War Horse. (laughs) Yeah. Scorsese could have... Would be the reverse. Yeah. 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 So... With that, I think Schindler's List could have been a good Scorsese film. It would be very different, but I think he could take that plot. Oh yeah, he could. So, or even a live action Tintin. It would be like a very dark, and Tintin would be like, <laughs> kind of like a. He would be played by Barry Keenan. <laughs> he would be like on the streets, like with uh, the captain, and they would be like killing people constantly. It would be yeah. aw- that would be aw- that would be awesome. <laughs> a Scorsese film of Tintin with Barry Keenan cast. <laughs> Because you know what he is. He's like a tough guy. He's like smaller yeah. and he's like, I mean, I, he when he kills people on screen, it's intimidating. Yeah, um, true. Minority to Report, probably not a Scorsese film. Catch Me If You Can, probably not. But anyway, yeah, I think there are many different ways that Spielberg has influenced the rest of I mean, This is just a general statement that people know already. I feel like I don't even need to say it. Yeah. But I'm going to. I'm going to say he has had so many different influences in so many different sectors and facets of the film industry. I'm thinking of like beast movies, uh, um, extra, you know, uh, space movies and like, uh, what am I trying to say? Sci-fi, sci-fi films and like dark movies, historical dramas and uh, movies about, um, you know, characters competing against each other and like racing and uh, uh, yeah, just so many different things and adventures and, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, almost documentary style things. Uh, war. So in fantasy, and I'm just like, if I had, if if I were this guy, I would really quit while I'm ahead. But he's still making films as an old man, and it's amazing, and I love it. And I hope that these directors keep making films, and that we can freeze their bodies, and when we figure out how to make them come back alive, we can have them make films again and have a big comeback. One summer, by the way, one summer we should have in the future where we freeze Scorsese and um, Spielberg and Anderson's heads. We should have one summer where they come back in in two thousand uh, what year two thousand one hundred, right? That would be good. And you have your little boy Jimmy. He'll be like eighteen years old, or no, he'll be twenty eight years old. And we'll all go to the film together, and he'll be uh, on the podcast too. And we'll all review all three movies that come out because of them. Or we could have AI write for them. We yeah. just need to save their brains into AI and then keep creating content for us in that in that structure. Yeah. The only thing that AI gets wrong in that in that sense is that. These people make mistakes, and some of those mistakes make their films amazing. Yeah, that's the that's what AI. It would be that's what. Yeah, yeah. So, I didn't really say anything with what I just said, but <laughs> <laughs> but it is amazing to think about the fact that some people's mistakes are like genius. Yeah, I, I don't know how what what you have to have for that to happen. Maybe it's just chance a little bit. Yeah. but like my parents did not plan on my littlest brother. But they're really glad that they had him. Yeah. Some of us weren't. <laughs> but anyway, do you have anything else to say, Ben? <sighs> Not really. I mean, what what is there left to be said about Jaws? If you haven't seen Jaws, you have to watch it. I hadn't seen Jaws for the first 21 years of my life somehow. And 
that was probably the biggest mistake my parents made. So <laughs> they should have showed you straight from the from for, when you sprouted from, up. Yeah, they should have been like, you have to watch Jaws. You'd be like a three year old, be like, ah, that kid just died. And then you'd react the same way that his mother did. I'd be in the film. scared to death of sharks my whole life. You'd be like, that's how I'm supposed to react to death? Just move on? Yeah. Like that? Okay. Yeah, you learn a lot from films. Kids take in films more than you think, so be careful. I remember true. I, when I was little, I watched a ton of Star Wars, and I remember I, I was scarred by that scene where Anakin was on fire in the lava. And I remember that scene so vividly because I was little, and I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> and so that's my dad's fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess I didn't see Star Wars till later, so maybe it, it's yeah. not as traumatic for me. Yeah. I mean, that's his fault for showing me the prequels. All that is the best of the prequels. Right. Right. That's true. But uh, put our socials. Yep. So the Movie Vault Pod on Instagram, Movie Vault Pod on Twitter. Email us at themovievaultpod at gmail.com. You know the drill. Um, sign up for Hedman Anglin Agency Insurance. Mm-hmm. The I, I saw somewhere, I think Jonathan Anglin from Hedman Anglin Insurance Agency had said that like the market for insurance is changing, so getting a requote on your insurance might be important at at this time of day is, mm-hmm. or it's just because of like backup from in, uh, this time inflation, of day, this time of day. So this, this time, time of, whenever this time you're of the month, <laughs> whenever you're listening, this, this isn't of, live at all. Yeah, this is not live, but if this in the current day. So look back to the release date of this episode. Um, there's, it's just a fluctuating market. So call them at six, one, four, four, eight, six, seven, three, zero, zero. That's six, one, four, four, eight, six, seven, three, zero, zero. And make sure that you tell them that Ben and Zach sent you. Yeah. And, so, uh, well, do you want to say what, what is our slate? Our slate, so we got this. Next movie will be Mystery Train. Then we're doing... We'll, pro- we'll probably do Barbenheimer before Mystery Train, don't you think? Or yeah, you do both yeah, yeah we, we will probably release Barbenheimer yeah, before it'll be we next week. Mystery Train, yes. Barbenheimer, we're, we're going to collab with Backstage Cinema, cinema again. Yep. Right? Uh, so Ike and Jaden so will join us. So going to be really exciting. And it's, we're doing one of them, and then they're doing the other one. Yeah, I, I, don't know I, what I, I think, think that's the current plan. Okay. And then f- finally, we will be doing... Inland Empire because I got it on Criterion. Okay. So, yeah. um, I have no. I honestly don't know anything about it, and I'm. I think we should just go in blind. Yeah, but David, we've done a few David Lynch's at this point, and I mean, after Eraserhead, oh my gosh. I I read the synopsis and it didn't help at all with what the movie's <laughs> going to be like. So that's just like after Eraserhead, I'm ready. I'm ready for anything David Finch has to throw at me. Okay, I yeah. feel ready. I feel like I've been through World War II and I'm ready to go into the third. Right. Right. So that's, that's our slate analogy. for now. So we'll have a mix of really popular movies and then more like indie movies. Yeah. That and this is really the end niche. of films that are from a long time ago. And I say a long time ago, like some of you are, I'm just saying like, then we're going to go to, I mean, Mystery Train's 1989 and then Barb and Oppenheimer are new. Yeah. Um, so. And Inland Empire is like 2006. So. so I'm just saying like, so we're going to put a pause on our old movie ventures for now, which is yeah. all right. We did a trilogy and two pretty good ones. So. Yeah, and then 2001 Space Odyssey. Yep, and then this one, Seven Samurai. Like we've gone through it. We've yeah. we've done older movies. We're making up for lost time. Yeah, and then one day we'll probably. And then I think after that, I was gonna ask you to do a tr- another trilogy again, but oh, that'll probably be, be at the end of the year. But let's not let's not overdo it, Ben. Okay. Well, we're not gonna. I mean, we never overdo it. Yeah, <laughs> we really don't. <laughs> we really we really have the most structure. I mean, it's really like. I mean, we've compared. We've said this. We'll say it now, but other podcasts like they'll talk about news and stuff like that we really just talk about a specific movie and i like that i like that we stick to just a movie sometimes yeah. we'll have outside the vaults but don't we don't promise that 
No, the outside the bolts are like a cherry on top if we have time yeah. and we have a cool idea. But in life, you really don't always have time for that cherry. No, it's for you special don't. occasions. No, or times Sometimes when you have to time. tell them hold the cherry. Yeah, exactly. And if you're allergic, I'm sorry. Yeah, but some people only listen to our our outside the bolts, which is sad because we haven't released very many of them since we. I mean, when we were in our our uh, initial phase, uh, we did do a lot of outside the bolts, but. It was just not sustainable in the long term, <laughs> yeah. which is unfortunate. It wasn't but renewable true. energy. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Okay. Well, after that, I'm going to close the vault.